You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank yeah. you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800 or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Adrian Washington back in studio, bringing his unique form of funny back to the podcast. Next on the Best of... Oh, we hit the post, too. Did you hear that? That was pretty good. Impressive. Steve Hunnings has to hit the road. We have another segment here with Adrian Washington. We're talking about everything. Uh, You know, it's really interesting. We were just talking about the fact that if you ignore someone, they'll stop their bad behavior. Or if you take them out, they'll also stop their bad behavior. (laughs) But you really can't do that. I'm cool with either one. (laughs) I always tell the story about when I was 14 years old, somewhere in there. We were at the uh, Dairy Queen. We were at the Dairy Queen on uh, Washburn and and West Broadway. It's now a a rib shack now, but it used to be a Dairy Queen. And so we're 14 years old, so we're all real tough guys and blah, blah, blah. And we're dropping the F-bomb and laughing, blah, blah, blah. So this guy comes over, and he goes, hey, boys, i got to talk to you for a second. I said, yeah. He goes, you see that woman and that little girl over there? I said, yeah, I see them. He goes, that's my wife and my daughter. And if I hear you drop the F-bomb one more time, I'm going to beat the piss out of all three. You got it? I went, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, pal. No one to hold him, no one to fold him. <laughs> no one to hold him, no one to... I, I did not want to tangle with that guy, man. But yeah, that, but now you can't do that. You can't go over and threaten to beat up 14-year-olds. He, he can. Be. You just can't get caught. <laughs> you can you can threaten, but you can't get caught threatening them. They still right. need it, man. As as uh, yeah. somebody who worked in the school, like that, that's the thing. I always tell kids, kids should have a healthy fear of their parents. I agree, a healthy fear. You yes. know what I mean? Yep. There, there should be a healthy amount of fear because there's not. Then there's there's you you lose. You know what I mean? I agree. I just told my daughter and son the other day. I said, no matter what your friends do, I said if you decide to do it and there's something wrong, I hope it's worth the consequence. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm not asking you to be a perfect kid. I'm just telling you. I know there's going to be a consequence for it, and I know you know it, too. Maybe there's no consequence for them at their house, but it's going to be one here. And, it, and I'm going to make sure it is hard enough where you don't think about doing that again. You know what my mother did? Because my father was not present after the time I was like nine years old, ten years old, something like that. He was gone. But uh, <laughs> my mother, in order to do just that, if I'd get out of line, she'd start crying. It was <laughs> oh, horrible. God. My it mom did horrible. that to me a couple of times. I, like, no, I, I wish- won't do it again. I wish my mom would have cried. My mom made us cry. <laughs> my mom whooped that ass. I tell my mom to this day, he still reign as the heavyweight ass whooping champion of the world. <laughs> and there was a lot of us. So there was, I was just telling my kids this too. I said, there, there was always groups of us getting whooped. So I was trying to always figure out. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah. Count off by three. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was always trying to figure out, should I go first? And then that way I can get mine over and hopefully the pain's gone by the time she gets to the last kid so I can have something to laugh about. Yep, yep. Or should I go last and hopefully she tires out. Stamina and, issue. Right. right. But then she just kind of turned into a thundercat as she was whooping ass. <laughs> <laughs> she got stronger after each kid. So 10 total children. Yep, five boys, five girls. Five boys, five and girls. And we're all within 15 years. Now, did you did did, did, did yeah. everybody move away from Mississippi or some people Everybody stay? did except for my oldest brother. The Your oldest, oldest brother. one, he's the only one that's never lived in Minnesota. Oh, is that right? Really? Yeah. I got yeah. a sister that still lives over north right now. She's oh, really? never left over north. So you, how how did they? How did your parents pick uh, Minnesota? Um, my mom can make more money at her job. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. All we knew about is Prince lived here and it got cold as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's pretty much it. Prince is here. It's colder than hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it uh, what nine inches of snow last night in Duluth. I seen that. Nine. Wow. What well, snowed in St. Cloud? Yeah, snowed in St. Cloud. How much did it snow in St. Cloud? It didn't stick. Oh, it didn't stick. Yeah, we got a dusting, but it still was like I was going to the store and I was like, what? Why is it snowing? All right. <laughs> Why is it snowing, man? You sound like a native now. Right. It didn't stick. We just got a dusting. Right. It's, you should see it in February. Right. It's a whole different deal in February. Um, did you get funny because you had nine brothers and sisters? I got funny because I was a short boy, I think. <laughs> All my other brothers are at least six feet tall. Oh, you're not? I'm not. Not even oh, close. 5'8", yeah. Tom. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. that's, that's pretty average height, though, isn't it? 5'8"? It is. Not for black kids, but... 5'8", <laughs> <laughs> hey, just not hanging hey, out with the Koreans. Right. <laughs> I do remember. God, I was trying to think of his name. God, I cannot remember his name, but I, I went to high school with a, with a kid. God, I wish I could remember his name. But he was a young young black kid, and he was about 5'5 five, five and could dunk a basketball. Barry you Sanders. have never seen anything like that. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, think about it. Uh, Nate Jackson, or not Nate Jackson, but uh, what's his name? Nate Archibald. Nope. Well, uh, I just Nate Robinson. Well, Nate Robinson. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. only what five eight, five seven, and he. I think he won a couple. Of, I mean, Spud Webb. Spud Webb, yeah. absolutely. He was five, won a dunk five, contest. I yeah, I think he was five five. Yep. if I remember. Right. It's crazy. I think I've I've seen Barry Sanders do it. Barry Sanders is only like five six. Wow. Yeah, his name was his last name was Ryder, but I can't remember his first name. Now it's, it's coming to me like Nate Ryder, but that's probably because of Nate Robinson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> last name was Ryder, but I can't remember his first name. But I will never forget that as long as I live. That's so. crazy. So, you, so you think basically because what so. I think I, I I didn't always know I was such a smart aleck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and then now that I think about it, and people remind me that I've always been like this. And one of my teachers told me, she said, Aiden, she said, you don't know how hard it was to control a class when you were in there. She said, because once you, like, again, once I got a laugh, I just kept it going. Right. And for I think for me, I knew girls liked to laugh. Yeah, they you do like to laugh. Girls yep. always liked the sense of humor. So that worked out for me and it helped me dating. And I just always had the gift of gab. You know what I mean? Did some of it come from pain, though? Because it usually does. You know what? That's the weird thing about it don't, no it no don't. I, 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 that is pretty amazing yeah and it's weird because as a again as a comedian and as a fan of comedy i've studied the history of it and there's a very dark side to it and I oh, mean, oh yeah thank god I, mine doesn't yeah there's pretty much bob newhart and then everybody else right. <laughs> <laughs> right. bob newhart adrian washington right. and everybody else that's exactly right. and my buddies tease me all the time they're like you're the one guy that's always smiling about something they're like you're always they're like you just make other people smile and i was like well, i don't have a reason not to you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yep, like, yep. My wife hasn't hasn't left me, you know. Well, the, that's good. The kids are healthy. That's good. Kids are healthy. <laughs> She's way hotter than what I deserve. You showed a picture to me. I <laughs> sent, sent me Everybody's like, "How do you keep her?" I said, "Drunk." That's how I keep yeah, her. Yeah, keep her drunk. That's good. Well, I was talking about it on the air today. I know there's a God because I'm married to Catherine. Right. <laughs> you know, that's one of those deals right there. I uh, no, I mean one of the reasons that I got so interested in in joking around with people and inventing jokes and trying to be funny was because it's the only time my dad and I ever communicated. If I made him laugh, he would pay attention. Wow, to me. really? Otherwise, he would not. He had nothing to do. He didn't care for me at all. That's except crazy. When I made him laugh, and I was—he was gone. Like I said, by the time I was ten, yeah, so I'm talking about seven, eight, nine years old. I would stand. I literally do stand up for my dad. Wow. And it's crazy. Like I didn't. I've never. I hadn't because I didn't start comedy till I was like twenty seven. So it wasn't something. <laughs> forty two. Are you really? Yeah. God, you don't look forty two. <laughs> Black don't crack unless you do it. <laughs> 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 there 
you go. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be 43 in November. November what? November 20th. Seventh is better. Fifth yeah. is the best. Fifth is the best. <laughs> it's, all <Scorpios. laughs> it's all Scorpios. It's all Scorpios. Andy, you're a Scorpio, too. What, 26 is the cutoff, isn't it? October 26th. I think it's a cutoff. Well, it's around there. Yeah. Somewhere in there. But, yeah, I just, I don't, it's it's just always been something. I said if I ever got a shot at it, I'd give it a shot. And I was sitting at a comedy club, and I heard this comic, but I didn't hear people laughing. I was on the other side of the bar, and I just happened to know the manager, and I asked the manager, I said, how do you get involved in something like this? And he said, well, we're actually going to lose our host. He said, a lot of comics start off as a host. Why don't you come oh, down yeah. and give that oh, a yeah. shot? You know, and at that moment, I thought to myself, I said, I could at least do what he's doing, if not better. But I was like, this guy's getting paid for this. Now, you know how did mean? you know that, though? It just You were confident, confident about it, but yeah. how did you know you'd be better than him? Because I think I was at that point where even if I wasn't, I'd tell myself I was. Okay, well, you know what I mean? like, <laughs> that works. Because I, 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 yeah. I knew everywhere I went, people laughed. You know what I mean? Like, I remember mm. going down. I didn't tell anybody about my night of me performing. And I went down there, and I was just so nervous. So then I, you know, started drinking, but I didn't want to get drunk. But I'd start, I out to this day I still do that I get to the venue early and I just kind of people watch because 95% of my comedy is improv I don't have a set that's terrific you know what I mean I haven't wrote a set in over 11 years now so I always just look and see what they get and now I've had enough stories and enough things happen where I got jokes I know that'll work anywhere you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but I don't have a set um and so I just kind of listen to people at the bar talk and I've heard like I, I stood at the door and I asked people um, I told people how much it was to get in and people really tried to give me money and so then they didn't know I was going to be the comic so then when I got on stage I was like for one you guys were going to give a black dude some money <laughs> and I had no credentials to be working here I said I didn't work here I didn't ask for your idea nothing just ask you for money and you're going to give it to me and that's how I know the world's going to be okay so I think I opened up with something like that and for me once I heard the first laugh it made me relax you know what I mean yeah. Absolutely. But I remember before yep. that, like, it felt like my heartbeat was, like, in my throat. Mm, I could and I was, that. like, just, and it was a full house. You know what I mean? It wasn't like there was 20, 30 people and there. It was 150 people. Like, there's eyes just looking right at you. And I was just like, you got to put up or shut up. And I did it. And it scared the crap out of me. But I couldn't wait to be that scared again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand exactly what And I did that. I ended up doing a uh, hosting there for, like, six months. And then I realized I wasn't making any money. And I was bringing 20, 25 people with me every time I came. And we paid and we drink and stuff. And mm-hmm. I wasn't even getting a free drink. So I told myself then, I said, I'm going to just start putting on my own show. So I started renting out ballrooms at like VFWs or mm-hmm. anybody that had like an entertainment center that holds 150 to 200 people. Because I was like, even if just my friends come with me, I made 200 bucks. You know what I mean? At $10 a pop. And I started doing that, man. And I've never looked back. I think it's a wonderful. You know, the, I got very, very lucky because the first time I ever stood up in front of a crowd, as I was going to go out and do it, a guy came out. I don't even remember who it was, to tell you the truth, but he came out and he was a public speaker. He said, this is your first time? I said, yeah. And he goes, don't look at people. Look over the top of their head. <laughs> See, they'll think you're looking at them because from where you are, yeah. it look like you're looking at them. But don't look at them in the eye because it's too frightening. Yeah. If you make eye contact, it's too frightening, man. Don't. It was a great tip. It was really. Yeah, That's like some shows I do, man. There's some shows, uh, there's just people that just don't find you funny for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. You know, and they literally sit there like this and they just look at you. I'm like, don't look at that person. <laughs> See, that would be my fear. I've, I've always thought, you know, love, that looks like fun and I bet I could do it. But mm. I don't think I could bomb. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I'm so funny. You're I right. bomb. You're good I don't think I could yeah. handle bombing. Is yeah, what I'm getting at. it's it's a sh- like I tell people, man. It's a short term memory. It's just like being an yeah. NFL quarterback. If you throw a pick six, you got to go right back out there, man. Yeah, it's true. And I, I haven't, thank God, I haven't bombed for a long time. Imagine if you throw the pick six and the whole stadium, eighty thousand people, <laughs> oh, goes quiet. Though. Oh, that might right. be, uh, <laughs> that's hard, man. That's hard. You yeah, know, you. and it, it comes with the territory because you learn. I mean. You won't get used to bombing, that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can't come back from that. But it's like to the standing ovation, you might get one every 10 years, but that's what you're shooting for. You know what I'm saying? So that makes you forget everything else. Or just like I've I've done shows where people like this. We did a, I did a show with Steve-O uh, like almost two years ago. And there was a girl I knew. She had a backpack on. And I was wondering why, like during the meet and greet, she kept sliding to the back of the line. So I told my security, I said, hey, go get that backpack from her. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I don't want him to be in danger. And so my guys went and got the backpack from it. And it was a girl I knew. So then the next morning, she messaged me and she said, hey, she said, that backpack you took from me, it was full of drugs. Oh. She said, I had tried committing suicide before oh. and somebody found me. She said, this time I was going to make sure nobody found me. She said, but I actually, I came to your show first. She said, and I took that backpack and I threw it in the river. And she said, I've never thought about it again. So she, she said, killed all those fish without drugs. Right. <laughs> 
better than her again. You know, so it's like salmon joke in there somewhere. No doubt about it. You know, so that's the stuff you don't. You don't. Laughter is good for everybody, man. You know what I mean? And it's one of the most universal things in the world. I think it's fun that, like, with the the Steel Toe Show, we tour Central Minnesota, and me being a black guy, go to these small towns. I mean, and they're super small. And not once have I ever had a bad interaction. No, I could see. Yeah, you know, they just it's you get a couple people say dumb stuff, but they almost say dumb stuff out of trying to be cool. And I'm just like, obviously, I I see that. Yeah, I'm like, obviously, you haven't had your share of black people a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's entirely possible in some of these towns. You might be be the first. It it, it is. And so I've uh, and it's crazy because like I remember one night I was like in Atlanta, you know what I mean? And then Mm. I came back here and that's let that lets me know, like, it just works when you are who you are. It works. People accept it because the great thing about comedy is you get to bring people to your world, no matter what their world is. If you have the mic, you control it. You know what I mean? That's why I always tell people, like, why don't you bring... I probably bring up my sex life with my wife too much in comedy. <laughs> but it's a big part of my life, so it's got to come out. And plus, yeah. I like to see her lose her mind when she's laughing. You know, what's really interesting about that is because, to tell you the truth, for for maybe, you know, like you, me, <laughs> married people, I tell my wife when she and I are in bed together, I feel the safest I ever feel. Now, it's not like my wife is some big bruiser, <laughs> but being, being next to somebody who loves you makes you feel really safe yeah i love that feeling yeah. so i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and then i tell people to this day i said if when i do get a manager i want it to be my wife oh, you know there you go. i want yep. it to be her because she literally has my best interest she, does, she won't yeah. take a show just because there's money involved so like no if the contract don't say this is what it's gonna be then mm-hmm. he's not taking that gig and i ain't gotta pay for her to come then yeah that's right <laughs> you don't have to pay her <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the red carpet 11 fifth avenue south in st cloud minnesota uh showtime uh, uh, doesn't say on here what show times are. What time? What time are the shows? Uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock both yep. nights. All right, excellent. Adrian, really nice to meet you in person. I'm really happy that. Uh, well, I think first of all, it was. Uh, how did you first contact us? Uh, I tried through through the Steel Toe show, but I didn't yeah. get through. I ended up coming here because everybody at uh, Acme and uh, House of Comedy canceled that day. So then I was at the Royal Comedy Theater that weekend. And That's then, right. So, yeah, yeah, so then Mike yep, hit me up on go. Thursday. I was like, Hey, can you do the Tom Bernard podcast? You're the guy that went to Acme and said Tom Bernard. Apparently had a stroke. Everybody canceled, right? <laughs> that happened. Thank you so much. Sorry, Adrian. Thanks for coming in, man. Please come back a lot more. I Great definitely will. Time. Anytime, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Best of the Tom Bernard podcast. Adrian Washington on the best of. Coming up next, we had comedian John Heffron in the studio talking a little bit about hitchhiking. You know, that good old form of transportation everyone never got hurt doing. Next. John Heffron with us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's just get this out of the way right away because, you know, JB will get all whipped up if I if I hold back the info. But um, So Louis Farrakhan, uh, on your behalf, said, and I quote, I don't hate Jews, but some are satanic. What do you think, JB? <laughs> he said that. <laughs> yes, he did. I didn't hear that. He's... Well, I think some of any group is satanic. <laughs> right. So, well, He's out there. Out of the four people here, we got one person that's satanic. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I did to my wrist. I'm falling apart, man. I don't know what the hell is going on with me. Jo- Join the club. Today. You got the, oh, that's right. You, where's got, your where's your wrist thing? I got tennis elbow now. Oh, oh yeah. the wrist Christ. thing's gone, and that thumb finally healed. But now I have tennis elbow in both elbows. What's that on your elbow? It's a strap for the tennis elbow. Oh, it's a strap. It looked like it was like delivering drugs or something. <laughs> to your I'm like Jesus. No, <laughs> I had a blood test today too. A blood test today. Yeah. So did you grow up being a, a Michigan fan? Yeah, I mean, you guys all have your thing. I, I'm going through, I'm in month three of uh, Bell's Palsy, if you know what that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My whole, look like my, it. My whole, uh, that's good to hear. My whole right side of my face, just on Christmas Eve, just you rebooted. Like pretty well recovered. And it just kind of fell. But it's, it's, it's a scary thing. You have, like, one nerve in yeah. your face, yeah. and yeah. it kind of craps out on you. And pretty much every time you're like, okay, I guess I'm having a stroke. Time to die. Oh, it, it felt like a stroke. <laughs> yeah, and then what's, really? what's worse about it is you go to the doctor. And then 
there's nothing they give you. No, I mean, they, it's they, all placebo. It's, shoot, like yeah. they, they they give you a steroid, but it's just one of those yeah. that oh, I have a cold steroid thing that they give you, and then they tell you you go well when you know because your whole face for those listening is just drooping. Literally, yeah. it's like when yeah. the dentist numbs your 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 cheek, and then there's no bounce back time. They go could be a year, could be a year and a half, could be you know six weeks, could be some about right. three months in. And, or, yeah, whatever the math is. And somebody last night after my show came up and goes, your face is it will be what it is now forever because whatever you are at six or eight weeks is what it stays. And then I've heard a billion different yeah. things besides that. I've heard yeah. people go, eh, sometimes it takes me. After about seven months, I was 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like 75 uh, you know, I, I see the difference in my face or my eye or, I you know, if I'm tired. I cannot tell you side it was on. I can't by looking That's at you right know. now. Yeah, but I'm yeah, obsessed with taking pictures of my face <laughs> and, and, and not yeah. posting them, though, yeah, but just looking at them going, I look like Compared, a monster. Right. But at least I can talk like, it, you know, months ago, literally talking like this. was. Yeah. It's a weird uh, virus because it, it is what it is. And it but, can happen. By the way, it's dormant in everybody, so everybody have a good weekend. Yeah. You don't it know. Just it's just stress-related, I guess. Your, your oh, body. it is really. That's what they say. I don't know why the hell it didn't happen to me. Then all I am is ever stressed. <laughs> stressed out. Yeah, right. Good yeah, God. yeah. So that that's what they say, but I don't even know what that means. Well, I don't know if that's true because my roommate, when I was in my mid twenties, uh, got Bell's palsy, and there was no stress. All he ever did was smoke pot and cook grilled cheese sandwiches. Sounds like a wonderful life. Yeah, <laughs> and then he got. Yeah, okay. So yeah, who knows? But who yeah, knows? I remember he came out that morning. I was like, "Gee, the bells." I was going to look like Quasimodo. No, that's what I mean. I, like, I felt. Yeah, that's exactly how I was. And then I was canceling. Uh, I was canceling work. Oh yeah. And I didn't think I could talk again. And I still, I still have a little bit of a slur or mumble or like that. I that I notice and like to yeah, say certain that. words. I have to like over exaggerate to try to throw my cheek back, so I'm not like talking like that. So that's a pain. So but, which side was it on though? Uh, I this side. I was on the right, right side. On my Is right it usually side. on the right side? Because that's where his was too. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, I think maybe. it has a. Yeah, I don't know that to be honest with you. I don't know what the thing is. I'm just happy, it, you know. It goes no, back. You can't it, tell it, it all. And now after my show, I have every. You know, there's one person after every show that say I had it, <laughs> and then and then I stare at their face, yeah, and then once they tell me they have it, now I'm so keen on you know is your face symmetrical or I can like usually see it like they're you know. Did you ever see the separation from the the middle of the face, right down right down the nose and the middle of the mouth, uh, the two sides of JFK's face, John F. Kennedy? Mm-mm. He doesn't look anything like the same person right. from one side. Like one eye is yeah. literally mm-hmm. an inch below the other one. Oh, but like in real life, in real life, yeah, yeah, because nobody's faces, but but maybe being a comic and I get pictures after shows with people. I I have thirty years to see photos where then I can compare and go, yeah, I look, I look a hundred percent different than you know even even a year ago. But it's again, I'm grateful that I can even talk at some point. You know what I mean? You're just like, I suppose at first it's tough to talk. I couldn't. I, I, I did a New Year's Eve show where I had to grab my cheek and pull my whole mouth back so you could hear me because I was talking. I was so oh, much like this right, right. that I had to pull like almost like Popeye, like yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had to pull my cheek back and I did the whole hour show holding my cheek back like this. It was one of the worst nights of my life because I was just like, "What am I doing? Why am I being a trooper right now? I need to just be in a basement until you know." That's I, great, I had one girl come up to me after show she goes i had uh i have optical palsy or something and basically one of her eyes i forgot which one uh started looking down like down so it's almost like your eye doesn't detach physically but something happens to where it only is geared to look like down to the right or left depending on the eye because there's like six muscles that control your eye so if one of them gets off naturally the because they're, they're like symmetrical there's one on the top one on the bottom so if the one on the bottom uh becomes paralyzed the one on the top is still pulling so it yeah so that's what happened to my mouth is is one th- so that's why it was it was yeah. you know pulling weight to, it's just like your car alignment but so mm-hmm. all she could see was she'd see straight and then her other eye oh. down i'm like 
that would be more. And, and then she said how she looked because if you look at somebody, oh, yeah. the eyes. She goes, it was more maddening because you're just so used to having your eyesight work. Yeah, I wear an eye patch the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had to. I couldn't close my eyes. Uh, this eye I couldn't blink for almost three weeks. Jesus. I had to tape it shut. It got it got Man. it got that crazy because I kept poking it because so it's like numb. So without yep. even knowing, I'd stick a finger in that eye without. Ooh. Or oh, yeah, I yeah. did the dumbest move. I think I was going somewhere. I, I'm not a cologne guy, but I, what, I forgot even what I sprayed. I think maybe even like that unwrinkle stuff. There's some stuff you can spray that mm-hmm. wrinkles, you're sure. And I sprayed it just like normal. And usually your eye will then blink or you could close your eye. Yeah. But it went oh. like I, I, I basically <laughs> maced myself not thinking that this eye, because this eye still blinks slower. So like when I'm on stage doing comedy, if I move my head too fast, I'll see like a almost like a, a chem, not a chemtrail. I'll see like a, a trail of a from the light. Yeah, you know, oh, like yeah, if, right. like if you yeah. stare at like a, somebody's brights, yeah. yep. and then you do a quick move, like that eye still does that every once in a while. Yeah, it looks great though. You know, you look a lot better than that one more. And by the way, they got to take that thing off because it's too damn depressing. Have you seen this? Uh, it's a public service announcement for quit smoking. I was turning those off because oh, I the, can't. Oh, the throat the, with yeah. no jaw. Yeah. Like, oh my god! I guess it works, right? Does it get people to quit smoking? <laughs> if I smoked, I'd quit. I'll yeah, just, yeah. I, I would have quit at that point yeah. too. Oh my like, god! Knowing that so that's that that's possibly. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I hope my, everyone knows about Roger Ebert and the. Right. He was at the end oh, of his that's life. Right. He had the fake jaw. Yeah, he had to have like basically his entire jaw removed. Is that from smoking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, that's okay. how my mom passed. She didn't make it to that part. I, I you know, yeah, I mean, I think good. they tried, and then they started to, um, you know, do the stuff, and then she passed from that. But it never. Yeah. I how old was she? I was fifty-eight. Yeah, my dad was sixty-two when he yeah, died. Of, he even, died of emphysema and all that. Not that's, even. He that's had it coming 50, though. That's yeah. why I'm trying to get my son to get off of chewing tobacco. Oh so yeah. Oh yeah. He don't want to be doing that. Stop. You know. All that stuff you get, like, like no matter what your age, if you're in your 20s listening to this, you're like, well, it, it, you hear all these stories, and it's just maybe it's just a human thing. You can see all those pictures, hear all the stories, but you don't think. That won't be. I'm just. I'm too strong for that. That's not going to happen. Yep. And then yeah. time. Yeah. Time will unwind everything, and will catch up to you. And your bo- everything you do to your body's on credit, and mm-hmm. it'll it'll yeah. one day decide. Oh, no doubt about that. <laughs> you got to watch all that stuff. You know, man. like right. I'm like I'm such a sugar fiend. I know. Oh, yeah. Whatever's going to kill me in life, I'm feeding it sugar on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm making sure that it has enough <laughs> power go. to. Oh, you know, that's at the end of the day. That's you know. I think it's phenomenal. No, I, seriously, I'm not. I, I tell you too. I go, hey man, you really look effed up. But you don't. You don't look this face at all. looks. I, I get because again, I monitor it way too much. First thing in the morning, I can tell. But then midday, I think probably as you wake up, just like everybody, yeah, so. I, it looks less. Mm-hmm. You know, depending how much sleep I got. Right, but uh, right. when I'm stressing, it we it's weird. It it, it 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 feels like still, even if it looks fine, almost like if you take your hand and you put it on your face and you lightly pull down. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Oh, so man. It, so. That sensation doesn't go away where it just feels like gravity's pulling it a little. And it's kind of annoying. It It'll just feels away, like somebody's, you hope. Yeah, because away, what yeah. happens uh, is, I guess, the nerve that runs through there is like this, uh, almost like a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> and then within that spaghetti noodle, there's 5,000 mini noodles. Right. And what happens, right. once that dies, everything grows back about the speed of your nails growing back. Whatever. I forgot what the thing is. But you hope that all... When it grows back, it all the plugs go oh, back yeah, into the yeah. same place, but there's no guarantee. Right. So it'll grow, and let's say just like you're you're you know stealing cable or you're you're <laughs> you're wiring stuff differently. Right. It it works, but the reception isn't as good. So that's why sometimes right. so like I can move my face or whatever, but my smile looks different or my eye yeah. might be a little bit different. So you know it's not as droopy as it was, but just the reconnecting. So then. You know, but also I, I talked to this this door guy. Uh, he had it when he was twelve, which I couldn't imagine really? having it as a little kid. Oh god! Just because tortured. of just the people who would make fun of it, I oh, couldn't yeah. even imagine. Oh, because because yeah. you even as a grown adult, I was just hiding in a basement because I felt I looked you know so, and uh, so the guy had it for two years. So you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and then one day he was brushing his teeth and he he his lip 
kind of curled a little, the side that was, yeah, I keep saying dead, but the paralyzed eyes. And then within a week, he was 100% back really? to normal. After, I go, how, how did that feel that day? Like, you, you know, you went off for a week, you know, while I was getting better. Um, how did you feel walking into school that day? Because oh, yeah. I, I would be like, you would, you had to, that had to be one of the greatest feelings you ever had. In I would think, yeah. In your t- you, right? Like, yeah, you were this guy that everybody knew of the, you were the crooked face kid, and then you roll in not a crooked face. Right. Like, did you find the guy who made fun of you the whole time? Is he the first yeah. person you smacked? <laughs> you know? Or, or just, exactly. Yeah, and he says he's still, he goes, uh, 100%. He was just the new, you know. And it also makes you grateful. Like, for me, I was on stage, and I started talking, and I started just getting a little bit like this, and I thought I was having a stroke on stage. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, I'm stroking out. Do I leave the stage and, t- <laughs> and tell everybody? Out. You know, do I oh, tell yeah. everybody, hey, I'm having this weird thing, right. I have to leave? Do I finish the show? And it was, uh, you know, it was one of those moments, and I'm relatively healthy guy. I don't, you know, do do that many bad things to myself. And I was like, wow, that, your, your health can be taken from you in a second. Oh yeah, no, I, no. Have a, I was just on stage. I wasn't even doing anything right? shady to possibly cause something. <laughs> right, I was literally shady. just talking, and it just happened. No, I have a. I still play baseball at my age, and um, have a teammate last year that happened to him. All of a sudden, he told us we didn't see him the rest of the season because he just he said it was painful, and then probably on top of the pain was the you know face being contorted or twisted or what yeah and he just decided i don't want to be around yeah no it's yeah it's a weird i i lucky i I, uh hid in my sister's basement for you know she's got a real nice house and just in her room and i just watched tv i just like i sat there and i went and then every day i stared at myself in the mirror and i tried to like imagine smiling i was doing acupuncture i was doing whatever voodoo You know, was out there. Voodoo, I'm like, yeah, there I'm, you go. I'm, I'm doing it. You know, and then you know, then it started coming back. So, well, I'll give you the upside of this whole deal because when I was about 13, 14 years old, a friend of mine and I were hitchhiking, right? Uh, which I would not do if I were thirteen or fourteen now, but I was a pretty big kid. At, I'm the same size as I am now when I was thirteen or twelve, actually. But we're hitchhiking, and this guy pulls over, picks us up, and I noticed when I get in the car, he kind of went, "Yeah, how you doing?" He didn't turn his head. He just went, yeah, how you doing, man? So my friend's behind me. I'm in the front seat. God, my even hitchhiking, my, my brain's still on how scary that would be. Oh, st- but I know that's how everybody. Now? No yeah. way. I mean, I guess Uber and Lyft is the same, almost the same thing as hitchhiking. <laughs> yeah, but right. I, I've been thinking of, you know, you at 12 or 13. Did, did, not to cut you off, how many people, was that just how everybody got around back then? It was, yeah. Everybody just Like everybody, that was a thing. Like yep. you would go, I'm going to this party hiking, and I'll just hitchhike. Yep. And you would just sit there, and, and people exactly just pulled right. over. Yeah, there was yeah, this song, Go On and Take a Freedom Ride. So uh, we're hitchhiking. I get in the front seat. My friend gets in the back seat. And the guy doesn't turn his head to say hello. He just kind of looks over with his eye and goes, hey, how you doing? So we're driving along, and all of a sudden the guy decides that he's comfortable enough to, to turn his head. And I'm not kidding you, from, from his nose to the entire left side of his head looked like a huge bunch of grapes. Mm. It was all these, they were like red, hang, and it hung down to like four inches below his cheek. Oh, right. I don't know what that is, man. But. I had a, there was a family oh, at, at my church. I uh, grew up Catholic. In my Catholic church, mm-hmm. the whole family had it. Oh, they did, really? And they were, and they were the food servers because we also had a Catholic school attached. They yeah, were the yeah, food right. servers. So like really hanging Hang, and red, red and looking like grapes, right? Right. All the whole family the, had it. Right. The whole family like had it. both parents had it? Well, the mom had it and all her kids had it. Oh, the dad? Where was the dad? Uh, I never, Drinking? I never recalled the dad. Yeah, there's a shock. <laughs> there's a shock but for the, you. But the, the oldest daughter and one of the sons also worked at the school serving food. And, you know, as a kindergartner, first grader and whatnot, that kind of spooked you for the first couple oh, yeah. of years. So Even if you don't mean it to. There's, yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Again, and it also shows you, I have a friend who's got a huge, uh, you know, something as simple as a birthmark oh, on, yeah. on oh, his yeah. face. Like, oh, it, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's big enough for you to, you know, so I, I, your whole life just always having somebody First thing they do is look, yeah. at, is look at whatever. <clears throat> no, um, the fact that even if you your face is I, I, 
normal's not not the right word. No. But like again, getting Bell's palsy and then recovering from it. Like I've now this whole being uh, grateful thing going on in my like life that I never really had before. Where well, I'm like, you know good, what? Though, There's a billion people. Even so, so my brother-in-law hit a roadside bomb in Afghanistan and he oh, was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole time I was having Bell's palsy, I kind of thought of him going, you know what? I'm being kind of a baby in the sense of I this will 85% 9% chance that it gets better that's right. kind of what the so right. at least you have a chance right that's a pretty high statistic yeah, he will yeah. always be in a wheelchair no, right. now you're because right. of the road so yep. he, I, like I can't bellyache over I mean this thing's annoying and, and there's some there are you know your situation does have merit all day long you can't go with there's people worse than me no, that's but that, that's, you gotta give legit to whatever's going on with you but Boy, I, I think about that all the time now. Even I saw, you know, uh, I was in New York and there's an apartment complex for blind people. And somebody was getting out of a cab and that guy was getting in and then he went in the wrong door and went in. I'm like, you know what? The fact I can see still. So yeah, what, no, you're so what my right. one eye, if I right. feel droops a little, well, like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then the, I'm so in tune to, to, like, other people going, oh, that, that guy's foot is, his leg seems two inches shorter than the other one because how he walks right. with yeah, a little right. bit of a, right. I, I, at least I, you know, my, my feet are left, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird, uh, it's a new outlook. So when did, so how long ago did that happen? Uh, pretty much Christmas Eve because I was in the hospital Christmas Eve Christmas Eve and Christmas in random Dayton, Ohio I'm not even from there uh, that's where I went to an emergency because I thought I was having a stroke yeah right and then they wouldn't let me go they wouldn't let me leave the hospital because they they couldn't mm-hmm. decide if it was a stroke or bells like everybody was arguing over it so they kept me and it was you know and I'm like yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like of course why not you know well, what I mean at least they at least they kept you i mean they- i'm happy i went because i'm so like probably everybody else where I, I felt it was weird and i kept looking at myself but i just i just thought i'm like well maybe it's that you know i took two things of ambient so maybe just my face is weird because oh, yeah. like yeah. I, I was just ambient can do weird stuff oh yeah and it has but just the fact that you know it's scary when you reach a point maybe if it's a dude thing or a, an age thing where you go should i go to the emergency like everybody probably you know sometimes yeah. oh, you go yeah. i don't want to what's my health insurance what's this going to cost what's this I, I i remember i was somewhere and the guy was having chest pains or something and i heard the conversation where the guys like our insurance doesn't cover an ambulance and they were literally just talking money mm-hmm. opposed to getting him that you know and she's like well we'll just i just remember having that conversation yeah. and yeah. i i don't even remember how it played out a lot of people actually take ubers and lifts now right because it's cheaper, cheaper. so yeah. so literally people be bleeding out mm-hmm. or something and they call an uber or lyft and they just kind of deal with it you know the whole way to the hospital and then you skip Whatever that you know, well, you skip that ride. You know, right. an ambulance ride is. I couldn't imagine. I was at at the university campus. There is a building called Boyden Health Service, and it's literally a block and a half from the hospital on campus. And I was, and I had suffered from reflux, and I was having a bout. And I went in and talked to him and described the pain, and he's like, "No, we think you're having a heart attack." Oh. Right. So I was like, "Okay, I'll walk over to what's name." He's like, "Nope." I literally had to take an ambulance a block and a half. They would not release me. I had to go from one to the yeah. other in an ambulance. By the way, for all our white listeners, he did say ambulance. Yes, it did. I heard that. You <laughs> did that on purpose. Oh, I did. That's the I way like I said it. I guy called it a bambalance. Yes. Man, like, call me a bambalance. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, a quick, a quick cap to that story about the guy with the growth on the left side mm-hmm. of his face. So he turns and looks at me, and I kind of like, you know, I kind of, I think I flinched, but that was about it. Well, my friend in the back seat was an Italian kid from New Jersey, right? So you know how they be. Yeah. He goes, now this guy's sitting right next to me, but he's in the back seat. And he says to the guy, God damn, what's wrong with your face? I'm like, don't do that. What is wrong with you, man? Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. It's... I could, I could like a restless time. That was John Heffern on the best of. 
coming up next. Closing out the show. We're opening up the... All the way back to episode 184 with self-described chief knucklehead of Surly Brewing, Mark Stutrud. Next on The Best Of. Nothing more. Hey, here comes another car. Mark Sutrud, our, our very special guest today. Now, you're the, you were the idea guy. You were the everything guy behind Summit, right? Chief Knucklehead. Chief Knucklehead. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that. Though. The official title. But I mean, you, <laughs> you, you. It was your idea. Correct. That was your idea, and then you went out and got made the money. Made a brewery. You yeah, made a brewery, and I got to tell you, it's interesting. Two years ago, Catherine and I have a house down in Florida down in West Palm Beach. And we're out for our evening walk one night. We just walk around the complex. Beautiful night. All great, Just a great, great night. We're walking along, and this other couple came toward us. As we got closer, the guy's wearing a Summit Brewery T-shirt. <laughs> right? This, this is West. You felt at home. Yeah, absolutely. I felt at home. Uh, so we stopped and talked to him for a while. It was what, his son-in-law or his son? I think it was his son. His son, I think, worked at the brewery. Uh huh. Yeah. So he's it's kind his... of a big family, really. Yeah. How I, many employees do you have? Sixty full time and twelve part time. But I think over the past twenty seven years that we've been in business, sure. I think we've had probably a hundred people work at the place. How'd you come up with the name Summit? Why? It's, a, it's a hell of a lot easier to pronounce than Stutrud. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. It's yeah. a good yeah. name. And, and it somewhat connects us to St. Paul. Summit yeah. Avenue. Summit Avenue. I live you know? in St. Paul. Hey, hey. I Bless know. you. Yep. Andy. Yep. Yeah, we live together in St. Paul. Well, they do. Well, then you share the property taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which aren't bad in St. Paul, are they? Are they? Not as bad. Yeah, Compared they're, to Hennepin they're, County. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of reasonable. Oh, Minneapolis. More reasonable. Ish. So what I wanted to make clear to you tonight... Uh, is just to, to make sure that I, I didn't uh, get rude or juvenile because I'm so worried about that because of you know our government. You were in Shakopee, were you? Unbelievable that he actually attacked the the crowd there. You know, if he had to put up with what Scott Walker puts up with for one day, oh now my explain God. to people what you're talking yeah, about. You Yesterday, about? I saw governor, it, but I don't know if you guys. Our did. governor was was making a, a speech. First of all, for the, for the people who don't live here, because half our audience to this podcast doesn't live in Minnesota. So I need to explain to them that that people in this state, and maybe I should tell you this, Mark, that uh, that I, you know, I'm going through an anger management class myself. I've read about that. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you've heard. I cannot tell you the amount of people, the number, it's dozens and dozens and dozens of people have gone to me and said, Tom, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm just as pissed off as you are. I can't take it anymore because you're told, well, you get up and go to work. And you, you earn your money, you pay your taxes, and it's still not enough. You're still not doing your fair share. Mm-hmm. And that's not just the upper 1%. Where, what's, where they started, they said, well, the upper 1% is going to pay. Well, we knew that was bullshit. No. We knew that it's going to bleed down into the middle class, whether it's clothes or beer, which we're going to talk about at length here in a couple of seconds. I, I made the comment to Mark when I saw him when he walked in the studio. I watched him on television. It was like he was a Martian. They were looking at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was hilarious. He'll explain himself in a minute. I get that look all the <laughs> yes, time. Yes, in a minute. <laughs> Alex gets that look all the time. Constantly. But uh, our, our governor was making a speech about how the uh, the poor people on at the Capitol don't make enough money because the average family in Minnesota makes $54,000 a year, and they only make $32,000 a year. And the guy in the audience says, it's a part-time job. Well, what, don't interrupt me. And he just pop, popped a bolt. Oh, man. It's, well, it's just a part-time job. Look, if you want to say something and sign up and get a microphone. About, and they said, you're rude and you're juvenile. And it's like, what is your problem? What, what he understand, does not understand, I should say. Uh, and, and what everybody, facts. everybody on Capitol Hill doesn't understand, and I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans together, is that people are very, very angry and they're fed up and, and they don't want to hear um, – any more about how I go to work in the morning, I bust my ass, I get paid, you get already get half, and now you want more. This whole idea that we're paying money back to this, that, and the other thing, that was money that was promised. We don't have the money anymore. Sorry, we can't give it to you. It's not money where we borrowed from anyone. It was promised. We don't have it. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? If you, uh, in your business, 
How long would you do business with someone and said, you know, tell you what, Mark, I'm going to buy this from you, but I'll give you the money in a couple of years. That's probably not going to work for you. It'd be a little tough. <laughs> It'd be a little difficult. But anyway, that's all I meant by the juvenile and rude. And the, the, yeah. I, I just don't think the politicians in this in, entire country understand how angry people really are and frustrated that they're doing the right thing, that they paid their mortgages and other people didn't pay their mortgages, so their house is worth half of what it used to be. They're very angry about that. Mm-hmm. And that was all government policy that put that in place. Lending money to people at 125% of value is not a very good idea. And now they're screwing with the beer. And now let's talk about how they're screwing with the beer. This is <laughs> this is going to be a I huge mean, problem. Gloves are off. But this <laughs> nice, happy, nice happy hour for you. Nice, nice segue. That was, a, well, that was a good segue. Though. Straight to the heart. She's a segue lady. I, uh, I, I do like it when I see coverage. You know, if we put this tax in place, it's just going to cost you seven cents for another seven cents per glass of beer. Which That's doesn't right. sound bad. It doesn't sound bad, yeah, if you put it that way. If you but put that's it that way. not true, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> hey, we got right to, the, right to the... So explain what's going on. <clears throat> well, I think um, at this point in time, uh, some of the DFL leadership is going after excise taxes uh, because it is a little bit less transparent. Um, if you and I walk into a liquor store and we see this six-pack for five ninety-nine, mm-hmm. and then we take that six-pack to the till, they ring it up, and then it's seven ninety-nine. Right. And then if we look at all the retail taxes that would be applied, we would get a little miffed. We also know what we pay for gas when we go to the pump. Because it says right there, a sticker, it says, you are paying this much per gallon at the pump. Right. So, you know, my issue with all of this is that um, excise taxes are actually a manufacturing tax. Mm -hmm. It's a part of our cost as brewers. I know, it's a special, (laughs) a very, very special. (laughs) Stick with me, it's early, it's early, it's early. You must be taxed. Well, excise taxes started to pay for the Civil War. Really? It goes that far back. And in fact, uh, as excise taxes continued through our uh, economy, it, it actually held back any kind of income tax until it couldn't keep up mm-hmm. with whatever programs we needed as our nation grew. So, I mean, it, it's got a long history. Uh, and then typically, you know, beer was taxed a little bit less than liquor because they would want people to drink more of a moderate beverage and yeah, all of this well, stuff. That makes you know? sense. Makes sure, sense. sure, it makes sense. But literally, the excise tax is a manufacturing tax, it's not a sin tax, it's okay. not a user fee. Mm-hmm. If I were making lawnmowers instead of producing beer, it would be a part of our cost. Well, the reality is that today, if you want to talk percentages and talk business, federal and state excise taxes that we pay represents 9% of our cost. That's huge. Is the beer business a high uh, percentage business in any case? The margins can be pretty tight. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. And in particularly for small brewers, we did not have the economy of scale. You know, our cost of labor is 10% as opposed for the large international brewers. Um, their their labor cost is probably five. Five, yeah. Um, out of the 60 full-time employees that we have, 18 are salespeople. So our sales costs are considerably higher than it is for a big brewer. But with this proposal from the House... To bring our rate of excise taxes from $4.60 a barrel Mm -hmm. up to $27.75 a barrel, a a six-fold increase. All right. That raises raises our cost from $0.09 to 16%. Mm. So is that just people that make beer, wine, alcohol in Minnesota? 
No, it would apply to all breweries, everyone who sells alcoholic beverages in the state. So it's not discriminatory. Yes, but it's Minnesota. But people that are making beer outside of Minnesota and shipping it here, do they get hit with this tax too? They would. Okay, so at least it's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Equal unfairness for all. That's pretty cool. That's one way to look at it. Good job, um, silver lining. I like that. But, Mark goes, well, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> I could be in Congress. She's on the sunny side of the street. Well, yeah, you're on the sunny side. Um, but one, one of the shocking things, though, is that when excise tax becomes 16% of our cost, that's equivalent to how much we pay for malt and hops. So if you visualize a glass of beer, yeah. right, and you have just as much tax in that glass of beer than you do malt and hops, <laughs> that's a little bit of an eye opener. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yes, and that the only other cost that exceeds these two would be packaging costs, which is twenty two percent. That was the point, and and it's no, there's no reason to mention who you were talking to when I saw you on TV. <laughs> When, when you said that, they had a look on their face like, well, so what? They, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They had this look mm-hmm. on their face like, well, so what if it costs as much as the malt and the yeah. yeah, Well, because it's presented as only seven cents a glass. Right, right. Exactly. And, and at our little brewery level, and I'm, and I'm not being facetious, we're still very, very tiny, can, you know, when according to industry standards. You're not Augie Bush? Well, <laughs> pinch me. Pinch me. So, you know, I'm telling you, I mean, with this rate, it would bring uh, our level of excise taxes at our present level of sales from $550,000 a year to $2.3 million. And and so that's something that we pay. And again, excise taxes are paid by breweries every two weeks. As soon as a case or a keg goes on a truck that goes to the beer wholesaler, to their warehouse, we pay that tax liability within two weeks. Before it's even sold. Before it even gets to the consumer. So we're actually fronting a little bit of funds to both state and federal treasuries. What's your lag time between when you get paid by the liquor stores or the distributor? Well, 30 um, days, 60 days? uh, We get paid by the distributor, and typically that's 15 to 30. Well, okay, so now you're 40, 40, 45 days out before you see a dime. Sometimes. Oh, God. It's enough to make, uh, drive somebody to drink. Except for a Jew. (laughs) (laughs) How about a Norwegian? Oh, absolutely. No question about that. Oh, man. Oh, it's KSDP TV calling. Oh. (laughs) It was. Well, they don't know about this yet. Happy I'll call you back. So when you got into this, you just thought, hey, I'd really like to make some great beer. You know, (laughs) and a little money. See, you know, I'm I'm a real anomaly uh, because of the fact that when people ask me how I got involved in the beer business, yeah. One answer is with a degree in clinical social work. It actually takes that. Yeah, it might. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I was trained in family therapy and actually specialized oh, really? in, in uh, substance abuse and addiction with adolescents and young adults. That's a good move. And right. moved from North Dakota to Minneapolis to work at St. Mary's Hospital in 1980, oh, where I was a St. supervisor. Yeah. Wow. But I've always been a beer drinker and a beer lover, and I was doing research about these brave souls that started breweries back in the late 70s. And instead of going to back to grad school to go into private practice, or I thought about medical school to get into psychiatry, and then I'd look at these psychiatrists I'd fight with on a daily basis. <laughs> no, it's, I don't want to do that. So I thought about, well, what about starting a brewery? I had no idea what the hell I was getting into, but I was retooling myself. And so I'm, so when some of the monies and the taxation, when they talk about funneling it towards treatment centers, I have a little bit of experience in that background right. too. So it's. <laughs> well, what can I say? Well, we can have a group session after we get done talking about yeah. beer. Well, I, was, I was just laughing to myself, thinking about so. 
You worked with people addicted to a certain product. You went, hey, man, they're so addicted, I could make money. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't exactly... It's an endless stream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly a focus group. Yeah. Supply it and was, demand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As long as there are alcoholics, exactly. I will have a job. I, yeah. I, used to, I, I do wish that um, people would understand, again, and, and, and I don't want to dwell on it, but the fact that you lay out the money... And then uh, 45 days later, you're, you're hoping to collect. And in most cases, you do collect, right? And that's business as usual for a lot of folks. Yeah, right. It, it is absolutely. And I'm guessing there's a debt load that you're responsible for. Yep. Mm-hmm. And depreciation is huge because breweries are really capital intense. Okay. I mean, yeah, I would imagine so. By the end of this year, we'll have $14 million invested in this little brewery down there on 35E and West 7th wow. Street. Wow. It's, um, you know, I've told my banker in the past that a brewery is no place for a Norwegian with a stainless steel fetish. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine not. I, I mean, you, just, true. you can blow your, your account very quickly. Yeah. Now, before we get back on the economics of your business and, you know, all that, you have had great success. I mean, you really have. We have. You have a wonderful product. Um, did you see it blowing up the way it has? I mean, it really has just expanded very rapidly. No, it, the um, resurgence that's uh, recently occurred over the past five, ten years uh, has been pretty remarkable. Absolutely. It, it's uh, definitely symbolic of how there is a, um, a, a huge shift uh, with consumers' taste preferences, where they they, they want to have something that's more sensory, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and if it's not beer, it's food, and along with that, they're also very focused on where this food and where the beverages come from, and so there's also a return to regionalism mm-hmm. that um, it's very important. So when I when I think about the direction that we're heading, I'm, I'm a firm believer in looking at uh, how it used to be decades back where it was the Minnesota brewers that had the primary market share in the state, not some mm-hmm. national or wow. international concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what we work for. I mean, um, this is our 27th year in business. Uh, we have 2.3% market share in the state of Minnesota. That's amazing. It, it is amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. And so if somebody says, well, where do you think you want to go? I say, well, why not shoot for 5 or 6%? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we get out of bed in the morning for. Absolutely. Um, to tease the bankers again. <laughs> you, uh, you do a good job buying the products to make your beer as well. I mean, you just don't buy anything they throw at you. No. You know, this is garbage that some people, hey, just use this. I mean, you do a very, very good job buying quality ingredients to put in your, your beer to make it a, a very high quality beer. Mm-hmm. And along with that, we've uh, really invested in uh, measurement. I mean, our, mm-hmm. I mean, in 1986, our, our lab was about the size of a Victorian closet. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know? not walk-in, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not walk-in. And, but today, I mean, we have four full-time people working in the lab. Where, because, you know, literally we have to compete with every beer on the planet. Right. And, you know, quality means... Uh, a lot of things to different people, but quality to us is that we're verifying uh, that what we intend to put in that bottle or that keg is there. It's another situation where, and, and, and there are many, many Minnesota, great Minnesota products. It's another thing for Minnesotans to be proud of what you have done. I mean, it really is, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here. I'm just telling you. Or my hoop skirt. They, they, they don't know what I'm wearing. <laughs> That's true. They can't see you. That is like, Somebody take a photo. Outfit. Take a photo of Mark. Very interesting. Can it take the, the statement? The lift. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's I a, get it. What scares me is, is that there's no vision. I, I, what really bothers me about politics is there are a lot of people in politics now that have never had a real job 
Uh, that yes. is yeah. very, very bothersome to me because mm-hmm. they don't know what it's like to say, here, I'm going to take $5 and I'm going to you know, put it in this business. And I'm hoping in the next year or two, I, I might make some of that $5 back and then a little income along the way. Correct. They have no idea how that works. They're having to pay your employees <clears throat> before yourself sometimes. They don't yeah. know a thing about it. Yeah, so many of them came from money that they can't uh, right. appreciate yeah. the situation. No mm-hmm. clue. No, you're 100% correct. <laughs> and that's the part that really bothers me in that... They just don't, and the blank looks you get, it just, it was, it was so, you, for like a week straight, I was seeing you on television, and they were just all looking like, what the hell is he talking about? Um, they don't understand margins, that yes, it's only seven cents per, let, 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 you know, I don't need to know what your profit is per, per glass of beer, it's none of my business, but let's say it is seven cents, you know? Obviously, we're hoping it's much more than that, but let's say it's seven, fifteen cents, whatever it is. Okay, all your profit just went away. So now, uh, seventy-two jobs just went away, right? Because you can't, you're not going to operate at a, at a deficit. Right. There's no expansion. You can forget about any new jobs, but all those jobs are going away. And behind those seventy-two employees that you have, sixty full-time, twelve part-time, how many other people? How many other you know professional liars, also known as the salespeople, <laughs> that are coming to sell you? Oh boy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, who, who referred to him as professional liars today? It was a great, it was hilarious. It wouldn't be my father who was in sales. <clears throat> no, 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 no. It's just a good, it's, it's a nice. my brother. <laughs> That's right, your brother's a sales guy. But in any case. This is why they don't like him. No. <laughs> oh, see, see this? This is a really nice situation. This is tough. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know how you do this. I, I, get, I get hammered every day. Well, I shouldn't say get hammered every day. That's insane. <laughs> Used mind. to be. Yeah, well, you, yeah. Well, that's a good point. By the way, that was wine. It wasn't beer. <laughs> so. Well, he drank beer too. Yeah, but I'm talking. About the, I'm talking about the the evil that was done. That, yes, that yes. was a wine deal. It was never a beer deal. <laughs> Although I once sat down and drank 47 anchor steams in one night. That was an interesting Whoa. What? I don't even... Mm-hmm. Is that humanly possible? Yeah. There was a plaque up for a long time over at Runyon's Bar about that. I didn't even know I did it either. That's where you did it. Really? Well, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't remember doing I drove that. home. Because oh everybody, else I, was, everybody oh else I was with was so hammered they couldn't drive. And I said, well, I'm fine. I'll drive. It. Oh, jeez. Uh, I can I've, guarantee you after 47 beers, you weren't fine. I was fine. No, you were not. Yes, I was. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Mark about why it is that the that brewed beverages have a different effect on me than either fermented or distilled. You understand that science, I'm sure. Somewhat. A little bit. But <laughs> there's also <laughs> that science of how it reacts with you. So well, there's no question. It, it, would be, it would be a pretty deep subject, but we can but, start. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, we got time. With we his background, <laughs> we could really, you know. Well, you're, the perfect, you're the perfect <laughs> guest. By the way, she's a, she, our, our daughter is not a big drinker, but she loves your product. I and do. She does. I'm a, like, beer's my thing. I'm like, wine, sure, I'll have a glass. Sure. Or like mixed drinks. I'm like, yeah. But, but particularly like beers in particular, a, beer, yeah. Summit. Bohemian yes. roots. Yeah, she loves Summit. There's I do. No, no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, that does scare me when these people who are saying, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to we're going to increase the excise tax, and uh, it's not a big deal. It's only seven cents. It's, right. Well, again, only seven cents. Um, Two point three percent of the market is how many? How many bottles of beer is that? Every year. I mean, if you're well, if, no, you've confused me with that. Question. Well, I mean, <laughs> what, what I mean is, in order to in order to get <laughs> to just go with ninety nine. Ninety nine. I was going to say two point three out of a hundred. That's yeah. what 2.3% but that's, is. But. but that's what that's total sales out yeah. of the 100. Yeah, uh, now, what I within know, Minnesota. What I, yes. yes. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? No wonder they looked at you like that. <laughs> For me no, personally. In order to get to that 2.3% of the market, Mark, yes. how many bottles of beer do you have to sell? Well, we sell beer every day. And have been for He's not twenty-seven my years. Question, I'll tell you that right and, now. And uh, <laughs> just say I don't know. Uh, yeah, just say I don't know. I collect the checks. What's left? What's left of the profits? It goes right into my bank account. Yeah. Maybe this is what you're asking me. I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> well, great. But, but but last year we we sold about one hundred twelve thousand five hundred barrels of beer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, ninety ninety percent of which was in the state of Minnesota. Is that thirty two gallons? Thirty one gallons. Thirty one gallons. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew it was yeah, because right people there. when they called this sixteen gallon keg, it's actually fifteen and a half. Okay. It's a half barrel. Okay. Screwing the people. So. <laughs> <laughs> Louise, Louise. 
<laughs> and then we make that profit as we mark it up. Oh, yeah, just mark it up. Pop yeah. the whole thing. It's unbelievable. Take a half gallon. So, yeah, so, you, so it's 31 gallons mm-hmm. per barrel. And how many? It's 100 and how many? We did about 112,500 barrels. And so, you, so it's a lot of servings, really. Absolutely I mean, it is. Um, you know, we're uh, pushing uh, 2 million cases a year. Two million. I drank that in one night and drove home. <laughs> oh, God. I was fine. Why did I ever bring up this story? Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking about a, a, a one case for uh, for half the population in the entire state. One case per person. Yeah, that's also pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it is. When you look at it that yeah. way, that yeah. that uh, you know, it's, we're still around four million in the state, right? Oh, I, well, more, I think. It's a little more. Well, oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot yeah. about immigration. Sorry, <laughs> but it, it's a little more. That, but well, you, yeah, the people from North Dakota. No, they're going the other way. <laughs> so let's, the oil boom. Yeah, that's right. So basically, what you're yeah, it's right there. They're emigrating. But what you're talking about is for every person, well, nearly every person in the state of Minnesota, they bought a 12-pack of, of Summit last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, per capita consumption right. of beer, you know, Minnesota is a pretty good state. Um, you know, we, we're we not drinking like the Czechs or the Germans. But or the we, Wisconsin. Eh? I am both Czech and <laughs> so <laughs> That's right. She is. Double whammy. That's why she likes that beer so much. That's why I am such a big Summit fan. <laughs> It's in my blood. Yeah, I mean, but it is. Beer is a big part of our Minnesota culture. Certainly. No question about that. Certainly. Which, uh, you know. Uh, we we sell beer in Wisconsin just to tease them. <laughs> you know, just, just to remind them that they're, they're not the only ones that know how to brew beer. Uh, no doubt about and that. And between Milwaukee and St. Paul, Minneapolis, we have had a very strong, rich history and tradition of brewing. There's no question. There's no question about that. Absolutely. You have a beer every day. Who said That's that? Tony over there. Tony over there. <laughs> behind, behind the man the behind the screen. Yes, I do. We have with taste... every meal? Well, not with every meal, but for example, we have taste panel at 9 o'clock sharp in the morning. Uh, because that's when you are sharp, but that's diagnostic work. It's not necessarily drinking. But, you know, in terms of consumption, you have right around a half a beer there if you've got uh, five samples in front of you that you need to analyze. Because laboratory uh, instruments will give you some kind of numeric value. Mm-hmm. You also have to assign a sensory value mm-hmm. to to what you produce and sell mm-hmm. because people expect that flavor profile to be consistent. Mm-hmm. An instrument can't tell you that. People right. tell you no, that. So actually 100% of our full-time employees are trained in sensory analysis. Is there a special name for a beer taster, like in a, a, a sommelier? And, and, uh... Well, a Cicerone is a... Cicerone? Uh, yeah, that, that's a certification program for sommelier. people in the hospitality industry, but it, it's a part of your training as a master brewer. Right. So is you hone Cicerone in your Cicerone would be a sommelier of a beer, then? Correct. Okay. And then they have different levels. Yeah, there's a, so there's a master Cicerone? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those? No, I'm a master brewer, so I mean... Oh, I you don't of, have to be. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to be. They give me a kitchen He's on pass. on the top of the heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they give me a kitchen pass. <laughs> Go ahead, crack open a cold one. It's finally warm enough out to keep up with the heat from this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips. This week, Adrian Washington, John Heffron, and Mark Suttrude. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye.